Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Brian, and this is Our Weird World. So this is a little extra episode I wanted to put together. I had meant to put it together last week, but just getting busy with life. You know, I'm a, I'm married, father of two, I have a full-time job, so I do this podcast on my free time. Um, unfortunately I was really busy over the weekend. So anyways, last week on Friday, I was looking through my emails, looking through news articles online that I I like to look at and see what's going on, see if there's anything that interests me or that I think would be a good, uh, subject for the podcast. So I came upon this article from the Birmingham real time news and the title of it read judge tells state to locate and preserve evidence in failed execution of Alan Eugene Miller. So I thought, okay, that sounds pretty interesting. That maybe sounds like something that'd be right up my alley for this podcast. So let me look into it. So I was, I was pretty little curious. I, I hadn't heard of this guy's name. I wasn't familiar with the case. Now, once I started reading into it, what he did, it did sound vaguely familiar from back when it originally happened. So, so what exactly did happen? How did this guy end up on death row? So Alan Eugene Miller at the time was 34 years old. And in August of 1999, he actually went on a killing spree, murdering three people. Now, the first two people that he killed, one was a gentleman, Lee Holbrooks, and he was, oh, I had a, he was 32 at the time. And then the other victim, the other gentleman was a man named Christopher Yancey, and he was 28 years old at the time. Now, these two guys worked at Ferguson Enterprises where Miller worked as well. Miller was a truck driver for them. Now this was a a heating and air conditioning firm. So Holbrooks and Yancey worked there. They were inside the building at the time when this happened this morning. It was uh, August 5th, 1999. Miller entered the building with his gun drawn, shot and killed Holbrooks, and then shot and killed Yancey. There was actually a third employee in the building that apparently this guy he yelled don't shoot me i haven't done anything apparently miller had no beef with him if you will uh according to some reports the the two guys that he killed uh miller had basically was had incidences with him with them in the past and was jealous of these two victims it was also known that miller was i guess you could say a bit of a hothead um would get often frustrated and was known to get in arguments with coworkers. Um, he had been fired from another company in the past because of this. So his third victim that he killed was Terry Jarvis, who was 39 at the time and worked for a company called Post Air Gas. Um, and he had, excuse me, and Miller, he had worked for Post Air Gas up until January of that year of 1999. So again, like I said, this is August 5th when the murders occurred. Miller worked for Post Air Gas up until January when he was actually laid off from that company. And a lot of people believe that he was, again, he was jealous of the other two guys at this other job. He had had incidences with uh, Terry Jarvis. I believe he was listed as a, a supervisor of his there at Post Air Gas. And like I said, he got laid off in January. And it just, I think all of this just compiled and made him frustrated. After he killed Holbrooks and Yancey, he actually left that building. 911 was called to that incident. Miller went and found Terry Jarvis and shot and killed him. Shortly after this, he did flee 
and he was arrested shortly after the shootings when police actually spotted him in his vehicle uh, on the nearby Interstate 65. They pulled him over. There was a brief scuffle with the police officers at the time, but they were able to arrest him. So later in July of 2000, on uh, actually on July 31st, 2000, this is when he was actually sentenced to death. So Miller had actually pled innocent by reasons of mental disease or defect in the shootings of these three. However, despite this, he was sentenced to death. So he's been on death row since July of 2000 up until now, 2022. So going back to the original article that I mentioned that said the, the judge tells state to locate and preserve evidence in failed execution. So what exactly happened? What, what are they talking about? Failed execution. In the article, it states, quote, a federal judge will allow attorneys for an Alabama death row inmate who the state failed to execute on Thursday night. This was September 22nd to preserve evidence and have the inmate examined for injuries. So like I said, he was supposed to be killed on September 22nd uh, via lethal injection. Now, there was a thing that came about in the state of Alabama in 2018 called nitrogen hypoxia. Now, this is a method of execution where essentially you breathe in pure nitrogen and basically just go to sleep and die. Now, according to reports, Miller had actually applied for this method of death as he didn't want to be killed via lethal injection. One source I found stated that he said he was afraid of needles and that's why he didn't want to be killed by lethal injection and wanted to do this option of nit nitrogen hypoxia. I try to keep my personal biases and opinions out of the podcast as much as much as possible and just present what I've found. But I mean, come on, you're on death row for killing three people. You're going to be killed. You're going to be put to death. I think your fear of needles, it, to me, it really doesn't matter. It's the last needle prick you're going to get if you're going to be killed by lethal injection. I mean, come on, let's be real. But again, he did apply for this nitrogen hypoxia. So, and of course, based on that, the state has to allow this. Now, however, Miller claims that his application was, quote, lost. Was it really lost? <laughs> I, I, I want, it kind of makes me wonder if, you know, someone saw the application and was like, oh, okay, this guy doesn't want to die by lethal injection, but wants to take this other option. Yeah, we'll just make sure that this thing finds a shredder. That's, that's, that's me just purely conjecture. I have no idea. Just a thought I had. So anyways, he said that his application was lost. Now, like I said, this method became available in 2018. He applied for this as an option, but the state of Alabama actually stated that this method still, quote, remained untested and would not be prepared in time to be implemented on September 22nd of this year for his ex his scheduled execution. So because of that, the state of Alabama said, okay, well, we're, we're moving forward with this execution. He's scheduled to be executed September 22nd. Our default method of execution is lethal injection. That's what we're going to do. We're going through with that. He will be executed. So the date comes up, September 22nd. So this was last week on Thursday. He's sent to the room where he's supposed to be executed. They have all the authorities there, the officials, I should say, that are there, the executioner. They can't find his veins. They're trying to locate his veins to be able to insert the needle so they can proceed with a lethal injection. Now, looking at pictures of Miller, he's a big guy. He's a bit, he is definitely a big person. So I'm assuming that has a big part to do with them not being able to find his veins. So because of this, they were having so many issues trying to find it that they called off the execution. Now his death warrant obviously was for that date. So the death warrant expired at midnight. So 
they can't continue on. So now he's back in prison. So the very next day on Friday, the 23rd, when I saw this report, excuse me, when I saw this article, what happened was, like I said, a federal judge, it said they will allow attorneys for the inmates to preserve evidence, right? So what evidence are they looking for? Well, Miller's attorney, he asked in a filing from that day, Friday, the 23rd, that was sent to the Middle District of Alabama. So this is from one of Miller's attorneys, and it says, quote, attorneys and or one of their agents be given access to meet with Mr. Miller in person today, the 23rd Friday, at Holman Correctional Facility, which is where he's being held, with equipment necessary to preserve evidence of his injuries from last night's attempted execution. It also states, quote, the state has publicly, admit, publicly admitted they had difficulty assessing his veins during the process, and the execution was called off. It also says, quote, Mr. Miller has injuries from the attempted execution that can and should be photographed and or filmed for the reasons stated above. Miller respectfully moves this court to enter an order granting his motion for access to preserve evidence and directing the state to permit the access requested above. So because of this district judge, R. Austin Huffaker Jr., he ruled that Miller's attorneys can have access to him on certain hours, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So this would have been the 23rd, 24th, and 25th, just a few days ago. And they were allowed to bring their cell phones in order to take pictures and videos to uh, for evidence of injuries from their inability to access his veins. Uh, another part here in the article says, quote, the state shall make immediate efforts to locate and preserve evidence concerning the attempted execution, including but not limited to notes, emails, texts, and used medical supplies such as syringes, swabs, scalpels, and IV lines. This is from the judge's orders. Now, this order also states that, quote, any and all ADOC officials involved in the execution shall preserve all notes, emails, texts concerning concerning the execution, including those made and or exchanged before 6 p.m. Saturday, excuse me, 6 p.m. September 22nd, 2022, during and after the attempted execution, and ADOC shall preserve any records related to any medical observation, inspection, charting, and or treatment of the plaintiff both before and after the attempted execution. So in the early mornings of September 23rd, at around 12.30 a.m. when the failed execution was announced, uh, reporters were told that, quote, due to the time constraints resulting in the lateness of the court proceedings, the execution was called off once it was determined that the condemned veins could not be accessed in accordance with our protocol before the expiration of the death warrant. So the state Supreme Court actually had issued a ruling before 9 p.m. of the 22nd, giving the state nearly three hours to conduct this execution. That was the time frame that they were given for the death warrant was from 9 p.m. to midnight. But again, they couldn't access his veins, so they weren't able to go through with it. So according to this report of his failed execution, it states that the execution team, they started to try to access his veins. They were doing, they were going through their normal procedure, trying to insert the lines. Now they use a uh, three drug cocktail, if you will. Now, it, it, it isn't quite certain as to how long the team worked in trying to find his veins. Uh, there's one quote here says, quote, I'm not sure. I wasn't looking at, at that. We were more focused on the time that the court, the Supreme Court, sent their order. 
before we start accessing veins, we have other things we have to do to take time. That was a quote from one of the gentlemen on the, on the uh, execution team. So they're, you know, they have a three hour window. So they're, they're trying to do it, you know, the process that they do step by step and go through it, realizing they're running out of time. So another quote from this gentleman states, quote, like I said, there are several things that we have to do before we even start accessing the veins. And that was taking a little bit longer than we anticipated. So it seems like they were already running short on time even before they were trying to access his veins. So Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall, this was from a spokesperson for him, stated, quote, Although the state of Alabama wished to proceed with Miller's scheduled execution to follow the execution protocol in the limited time available for, before his death warrant was set to expire, it was ultimately, ultimately concluded with midnight approaching that it would be most prudent to not be held captive to a ticking clock. And also said, quote, to be clear, Alan Miller will receive his punishment, which is death by execution. He has simply succeeded in delaying, not escaping, his appointment with justice. Now, going back to the previous Monday before that, which would have been September 19th, Monday, Huffaker Jr., he issued an order that day ruling that Miller should not be executed by lethal injection. Again, going back to his application for nitrogen hypoxia, stating that he put in this application for this method and that basically saying they shouldn't kill him by lethal injection because he put in this application. Now, the ruling was upheld by the U.S. 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, but it was tossed out by the U.S. Supreme Court. So according to the Attorney General's office, they argue that there is no record of this application for nitrogen hypoxia coming through. So did he actually apply for it? Or is this was this just, like I said, an attempt for him to put off his execution? Who knows? That's hard to say. You know, it, it's you've got some people such as his attorney saying we can't execute him. He put in this application for this method. Other officials are saying, no, this application never showed up. Miller's saying it was lost. Who knows? You've got a lot of back and forth with a lot of different officials. And then the, the condemned inmate himself, what he's claiming. So it's hard to say exactly what happened with that. I don't know. This is just the different things I found. So with all of this, will Miller still be executed in a later date? I'm not sure. I've been trying to find more articles about it. I've been trying to find more information, but I haven't been able to find more details. Maybe it's just not enough time has happened after this, after uh, his lawyers and everything went to look at, at evidence again on, on his body. I'm going to try to keep up with this and see if more uh, information comes about as far as what happens. Um, you know, is there going to be more, is there going to be legal repercussions against the state? You know, we'll see. I'm not sure. Um, it was pretty interesting looking into this and learning a bit about him and what happened here with his failed execution. So I'm curious to see what happens what, uh, moving forward. If you have any thoughts or anything, let me know as well. I, I would like to hear them. Um, I think it's kind of interesting. If you know anything further about this case, if you're from that area or whatever, let me know. I would appreciate it very much. You can find me on Facebook, Our Weird World. You can send me an email at ourweirdworldpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, again, let me know. I, I would like to hear your thoughts or ideas or any information you might have. Um, I'll, I'll uh, try to put a link for this article that I found and some other uh, good information that I found 
Um, I was able to use one resource from uh, called murderpedia.org, just some general information on Miller himself and a few other articles. I'll try to share those as well. So thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.